I'm watching uh, the series Them, and I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish it because, uh, as Sharon says, I get very passionate about the systemic racism that I know is still there. This, this is why I get passionate because I, I've been on this earth 60-something years, and I realize how hard it is to change. You know, think about this. Back in the 60s, when the, when the civil rights movement passed and when the Housing Authorization Act passed, et cetera, and when the voting rights uh, laws passed, and we had to reauthorize that. Do you know how it feels to have to have my right reauthorized? My right to vote has to be reauthorized by you. You have a contract, you know, you got to have the board approve it again. And uh, you yeah. know, the, the president has to say you're okay. And, and if not, we'll go hire somebody else. Yeah. I mean, why is that? All of a sudden, I am a, uh, a attenuated citizen. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand that. I mean, my the recognition of my right is temporary. And then you want to tell me that there is no systemic racism? No white person has to re or revalidate their right every 20 years. The strategy is, is obvious. Welcome to Peter and Phil's Courageous Conversations, a podcast addressing race relations and social issues in hopes that you'll be inspired to do the same. Now, let's begin our conversation with your hosts, Dr. Peter Weinstein and Dr. Philip Nelson. Welcome to Peter and Phil's Courageous Conversation. I'm Dr. Peter Weinstein. I am here with my partner in crime, Dr. Philip Nelson. Thanks so much for joining us. This week's podcast is entitled A Civics Lesson. Please listen, enjoy, and share. Thank you. In the news, and especially watching what's going on in Arizona and Georgia, and Michigan with the uh, efforts to, you know, relive November and, and in many other states to ultimately control the future from an election standpoint. It's got to bring you back to 1965 from a deja vu standpoint. Like, haven't we done this before? Um, yes, but you know, uh, I find it both ironic as well as, um, threatening that we don't seem to understand the real threat here. I mean, I am amazed that any that any party of any state could take control of state records. I mean, that's what's happened. I mean, yeah. And I don't understand how why it hasn't been challenged. I don't understand why the federal government allows it. I mean, I, I mean, they sent a letter and they, you know, and everything, but I don't understand why it hasn't been challenged in court. I don't understand why the, uh, the commission didn't take it to court, didn't take the state legislature to court. I don't, I don't get that. And the fact that now they're, they've had enough and they're publicly fighting it, I don't get how they would have turned over all of those votes all those paper ballots for people to mess up with, you know, I mean, and especially when they realize from the jump 
that company had no idea what they were doing when they were using blue ink pens and the danger of spoiling the vote. As far as I'm concerned, those ballots are spoiled now anyway. The whole thing doesn't make any sense. I mean... It makes sense when you suddenly realize who's really behind it. Well, yes. Yes. I mean, and, and it's, again, it's another great distraction from the things of greatest concern. I mean, yes. the, headline, the headline shouldn't be November 2020. The headline should be infrastructure, COVID, the war in, or the battles that are going on in, in Palestine, the deaths in India and Latin America and in South America. I mean, let's talk about real news and not be distracted by an effort to, to be a magician and, and make the pyramids disappear. I mean, let's get David Copperfield off the screen and let's get Walter Cronkite back on it. Well, I, I hear your desire, but this right. is real news. This is, this is the undermining of American democracy, Yeah, right? This is the disenfranchisement of faith. Now, everybody keeps saying, you know, you know, they don't want a socialist system and yet now they're building one. You start by undermining democracy. The best, the f best way to get to a socialist system isn't to pass a $3 trillion bill. If you really want a socialist system, undermine the American democratic system. Yeah, they're they're chipping away at the keystone of democracy. We're just we're we're just skipping over the socialism step, and don't, and we don't realize that we're barreling headfirst into the communist com, into communist territory. Well, if I remember my physics correctly and my architecture correctly. The keystone is what holds the building together. It holds that arch together. It's the top. And if you remove that keystone, everything starts to fall. Well, the electoral and democratic, democratic component of voting um, is the keystone to democracy. It is. And so uh, st little stone, sand by sand, stone by stone, there are efforts to remove that ultimate keystone and with it will collapse the democracy that for the past, you know, 1776, 245 years, um, we spent to build, and it's taking very little, I mean, very little to, to break it down. Even Cruz is using Russian propaganda to make his point. You know, I don't know if you saw the, saw the video, but Cruz apparently sent out a video on social media a recruitment video for the Russian army. Uh, he was trying to illustrate the manliness, the the typical soldier that you think uh, uh, image. And this video was in Russian, so I don't know what it said. But it, but the the image was of young, strong men being molded into shape and and then becoming just like our army uh, uh, recruitment videos you know, how you can become part of a team. Although this was, this video was, was much more masculine, you know, and much more um, uh, traditional imagery of, of an army. Then he said, imagine, but, but we're focused on diversity. And then he shows uh, a woman who is, who wants to join our army. Oh, first of all, it becomes a cartoon. Okay, it's a cartoon video for American for the American Army, 
And he's clearly making a mockery of the kind of people that we want to include in the army. So the counterpart for our army is a cartoon female who is saying she wants to be, be a part of a larger effort. And the reason she wants to be part of the army is because of her two moms who raised her. And they are showing the two moms getting married and the two moms raising a child. And he's being disdainful of that lifestyle. And he's saying, I'm not sure diversity is the best thing for our army. Or, you know, he actually says something like that. I'm paraphrasing. And he, this is on social media, you know, and everybody else is like, he just doesn't get it, does he? He doesn't have a clue. And I'm sitting there thinking, but you didn't have to go there. The percentage of, of people that are raised that way, first of all, is minimal. And yet it has nothing to do with the motivation of an individual who might want to go to the army. It has nothing to do with the ability of that individual to pull the trigger if they have to pull the trigger. It, you it's, know. So, it's so contrary to you know, living the American dream and, and, and we've had a hard enough time getting people to volunteer for the military. I mean, and, and to, to, to belittle them using comics like that, it just continues to, to separate and divide. Instead of unite and unify, everything is to separate and divide. It's just another smoldering fire that's burning the base of democracy. Intolerance is the basis for power. And the more you stoke intolerance, the more you become, the more you look for a person, not a system to save you. So first, you must stoke the coals of intolerance in any way you can. Uh, but collectively, the solution to that is someone who looks like me. And when I say like me, I don't mean like me. Someone who looks like the image of the, of the America that I want to maintain. And that is a white male. But if, if I say it that blatantly, I will lose. I'm already losing. I'm losing according to the numbers. I've definitely lost because of my history. And so I'm scared now, but I'm willing, I'm willing to reach out to another white male, even if it means changing my uh, theocratic oath. So, Mr. President, all right, <laughs> You're, I'm going to elect you the first veterinarian president of the United States. Okay. I don't care what your political party is, but with what you have in mind, whether it's able to easily be validated by fact or not. What would you as president do to start to strengthen the keystone, to start to uh, rebuild 
the foundations and to make democracy or return democracy to where I think we were at least five years ago, but you know, even if we want to go back further, what's the solution to the problem? So there is no solution. There are solutions. solutions. Yes. And the solutions are based in anti-propaganda. Okay. Or counter-propaganda. Okay. And I almost hate to have to say that, but you but you must first present the choices. Re- educate them on what the real choices are without giving up on the principles of diversity, the, the principles of inclusion. You still got to maintain that. You can't back down on that or else the society or, or else society will not continue to evolve. But it's time to teach government again. It's time to remember what uh, uh, FDR said, and that is, don't forget that the government is us. But at the same time, don't forget what government is. You know, on the one hand, we have a segment of, of our population, our of our democracy, that has decided that the government is misguided, that the government is not providing what they think the government should provide. On the other hand, they've decided that the government is us and they're gonna take over the government in order to make it what they see it as. Well, that's a step from the founding principle that says the majority will determine what the government is, not a segment of the, of the population, the majority of the population. And this segment has decided that if they can't convince a majority that they are right, they will insist that they are right over the wishes of the majority. So our focus should be on the majority. It should be on making sure the majority understands the choices that they are making, that they understand the, the, um, the hidden agendas behind some of the positions in these choices and that the choices isn't whether or not you should allow minorities uh, equal access to housing and housing funds. I'm watching uh, the series Them and I, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to finish it because uh, as Sharon says, I get very passionate about the systemic racism that I know is still there. This, this is why I get passionate because I, I've been on this earth 60 something years and I realize how hard it is to change. You know, think about this. Back in the 60s, when, this, when the civil rights movement passed and when the Housing Author Authorization Act passed, et cetera, and when, um, uh, and when the voting rights uh, uh, laws passed, and we have to reauthorize that. You have, do you know how it feels to have to have, to have my right reauthorized? My right to vote has to be reauthorized by you. You have a contract, I, you know, you gotta have the board approve it again. And uh, you yeah. know, the, the president has to say you're okay. And, and if not, we'll go hire somebody else. Yeah, I mean, why is that? All of a sudden I am a, uh, a attenuated citizen. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand that. I mean, my the recognition of my right is temporary. 
And then you want to tell me that there is no systemic racism? No white person has to re or revalidate their right every 20 years. The strategy is, is obvious. It's obvious that maybe I can, we can use the Negro vote to their detriment so that we can change the majority's opinion. Maybe we can be in charge of the legislature. Our party can be in charge of the legislature. And regardless of what the uh, citizenry thinks, we can still obliterate the right to vote for a segment of people. So we can stay in power. Once again, it's all about staying in power. I, I, I know I'm drifting, but I have to, I'm, I'm trying to explain why you have to teach civics again. Part of the solution is, is making sure that our children understand our system. But, but in order to do that, you must be able to, uh, you must be able to honestly teach principles to stick to. You know, the principle that all men are created equal. That's the fact, if you can't stick to that principle, then you cannot, you can't even talk about a democracy. Thank you for joining us for another Courageous Conversation. Be sure to follow us and check back next week for more.